back at it like we never left, boys and gals and folks listening in, lacrosse fans, sports bettors alike. It's time for another Bet on Lacrosse live edition where we're aiming not only to cash those tickets, betting the fastest game on two feet. We're also aiming each and every week to make you a better better. I'm Dan Alexander, and we got a four-man crew today. Excited. The boys back in town. Joined today by Justin Byers. He's with FOS. He's a business writer over there. We got Brian Andrews with Pro Lacrosse Talk, and we, of course, Scott Hutton Jackson from Action Network. It's another live edition here. Ride with us. You can request to be a speaker. We're going to get your thoughts as well by the end of the episode on some of your favorite plays. Do a little Q and A. And man, I am uh, I'm battling losing my voice. I'm doing coaching this year, so as you can tell, I've just been screaming at these kids, whipping them into shape. I don't take no for an answer, and I never take no for an answer at the counter when I'm trying to cash some tickets, except when I bet on Penn State against the Maryland Terrapins. We don't have to talk about that. We, we can just gloss over the fact that my best bet last week was Penn State, and you, you could have given them, you know, nine goals, and, and they wouldn't have covered. You could have given them ten goals, and they wouldn't have been able to cover. They got rolled up by the Maryland Terrapins, uh, I tried to talk myself into it being, you know, maybe maybe a good spot, maybe a good uh, opportunity for Penn State. You know, Terps riding high. It turns out that team is just so damn good from top to bottom. We'll get into all that in a few moments here, recap a couple things, get some best bets, preview the biggest UNC-Duke game that is happening on a Saturday and no, it's not on hardwood. We're going to get to that in a little bit here. We got our NLL talk as well to wrap the program. But first, let's welcome in the boys. Start with our esteemed guest from FOS, the check mark next to the name. He gives legitimacy to all of it. We got JB, Justin Byers. Justin, always a pleasure, my man. How we doing? No, it's a pleasure to join you folks tonight. I'm excited to talk some ball and to, to hopefully make some money this week. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure all of us do not bet on Penn State. That's going to be our first step to hopefully making money. They're facing off against OSU in the bounce-back spot for Ohio State. Dear God, I'm, I'm clearly still reeling over it. Joining us again, it's been a while since we've had him live on the show with us, doing a great job with Pro Lacrosse Talk with some articles coming up. Great chatter on Twitter as well. We got Brian Andrews back in the house. Looking good, feeling good, sounding good. Brian, how we doing, man? Great, man. It's good to be back on again. I've missed doing the show a lot, so I'm excited to talk about uh, some recaps for some games who we're liking this week, and uh, hopefully we can help people make some money. And wrapping out the dais today, we got Hutton Jackson, Action Network, behind the scenes, writing articles as well, just busting his hump every way which way and this is almost like um yes it's work but we put it in air quotes because we love doing this and we appreciate everybody who's checking it out Hutton another night talking some lacrosse man how we doing I'm doing well I had a good week uh last week although probably my my favorite play Stony Brook versus Albany was the one that crashed and burned the hardest but uh other than that I did pretty well so um aside from that and then the UMBC play uh, hit a lot of bets last week, so happy about that. But sorry for the people that I drove home Stony Brook for because they just did not show up against Albany. 
Yeah, and and you know, you didn't only have a decent week, Hutton. Uh, I mean, I I won one pick head to head against you guys when I had Maryland over UVA, and I was strutting like a peacock. Before we get into the recap, Hutton, you were on fire last week. We're hoping that heater continues and that heater becomes transmissed across the entire dais here and we can all start cashing some tickets. But what was the final record for you last week? Because you were on a heater, Hutton. Uh, yeah, I was uh, nine and two and uh, a little over four units or whatever. So yeah, I, I did really well last week. NLL was big. I feel like I've been getting a good read on the NLL, which has been uh, very helpful. And I, I think I have a decent read on it this week as well. Um, it's tough because these NLL games, it's, you know, any given Saturday or Sunday, these teams can win. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely benefited from the NLL a little bit. And, you know, won some some NCAA plays too. Tailed my boy Justin on that Hopkins money line. So credit to him for giving that one out last week. But, uh, yeah, can't complain. <laughs> little plus money play added to the great weekend by Hutton. We're hoping that weekend continues. I'm also excited because not only Hutton having a good read on the NLL, Happy to have Brian Andrews back. He does a terrific job looking at and picking spots and, and some sides and uh, totals, especially for Brian and the NLL. We'll be talking about that at the end of the episode. So let's get into some college action. Little recap. I kind of alluded to it there. Still licking the wounds from being a big, dumb bunny and rolling with Penn State. I don't know why. In hindsight, I don't know if it was – I have, like, one Penn State hoodie. I don't know if I was wearing it too much, and, like, subliminally it got in my head, like, brushing my teeth in the morning, and I just saw the logo too much. But horrible pick by me sometimes. And, and that's the life of being a contrarian better. Like, when you are standing against the crowd, sometimes you're just going to be dead wrong, and you just got to eat it and say, yeah, hopefully we get them next time. That one wasn't even close. Terps dominate 18 to seven. Another domination as well was Rutgers over OSU. That was maybe one that was even more surprising, a little bit tighter of a spread there. And Rutgers has kind of been a question mark team. You know, when they're hot, they're hot, but when they're not, they're certainly not. And OSU, you could argue has kind of exceeded expectations. They get rolled up on 18 to seven before we get to our plays for this week and preview this UNC Duke matchup. Um, get some favorite best bets on the field before swiveling around uh, and uh, and getting into the uh, box side of things as playoffs are approaching. Um, either in any of those two games, the Terps-Penn State game, I mean, what did we really learn there other than the Terrapins are really good? We probably should, probably, probably should have known that. Probably should have listened to these guys a little bit more. But JB, you know, either the Rutgers game, Ohio State, stuff that maybe you took away from last weekend outside of us cashing that nice ticket on Hopkins. Yeah, last weekend was pretty interesting, and I think it's it's starting to really show what these teams are made of as they step into conference play, and that was really really evident in the Ohio State Rutgers game. I'd actually looked at this game uh, pretty hard Sunday morning, ended up taking Ohio State, thinking they'd have a pretty solid chance at getting a win because of their their um, man up percentage is the best in the nation, and also their face off percentage is top ten in the nation as well. So I'm thinking they're going to dominate possessions and take advantage of uh, penalties, but that just didn't happen. Rutgers, between the lines, was just far more athletic, and they really play soundly as a team, and they were pretty impressive in that win over Ohio State, which we know with Nick Myers are going to be well-coached. And I think they're solid, you know, all three phases of Ohio State, but they just got outplayed and outworked and just out-hustled 
And uh, I think that's going to be uh, a good indication of where this Big Ten is headed. I think what we've seen from Hopkins and, and from Michigan, I think Rutgers might be that top dog. And that's something I really took away from this weekend is we're, we're seeing a lot of these uh, these conferences take shape. And so it will be interesting into the second half of the season. The one that just stays the anomaly is <clears throat> the Ivy. I, I mean, easily from top to bottom, the most competitive division across all of the teams. I kind of agree with you. Rutgers, that was a huge statement win because Ohio State's kind of exceeded expectations. I think if you're Rutgers, you're feeling pretty good about how you're sitting there in the Big Ten. I think a good point by you. Brian, any takeaways for you from what took place on the field, NCAA, any uh, games? I know you said you tried to lay off a little bit more. You ended up with a full slate of bets thanks to the Twitter space on Bet on the Cross. But anything that stood out to you on the field before we start getting to some box a little bit later? Uh, yeah, don't get baited by uh, high dog spreads because <laughs> good point. I once the once the line for uh, Penn State moved to six and a half, I I bit and I shouldn't have. And I was at, it's funny that we're talking about Rutgers Ohio State because I was actually looking at that line as well, kind of enticed because I I throughout the season so far I hadn't really gotten a good I haven't been paying enough attention to Rutgers, and uh, the only time they really show up on my timeline is uh, when they lose and people are yelling at Jules Henningberg. But I was considering taking Ohio State and giving them the points. And then I, I, I then I just looked at, like, the season for Rutgers, and I really decided not to. So one really bad play and one really good, uh, I'm not going to take that bet this week uh, for me. So that's my takeaway. Is sometimes you uh, lose money and sometimes you walk away from a bad opportunity. Hey, I'll tell you what, I, I said it, and I think you guys would all agree. You know, we, we remind people a lot. Some of the best bets you're going to make are the ones you don't make, you, you know, and I feel like I, I, I bat 100 when there's a play that I, I really like and I don't end up playing. It's always going to win. It's just, it's just the inevitable way of betting. But, hey, it's better to have the unit size that you were going to be placing on a bet uh, still in your pocket. Oh, yeah, maybe it might have won, um, you know, if it ends up losing you know, you, you would have lost that money as opposed to still having it as a part of your bankroll. So, you know, selecting your plays, that can be one of our strongest tools as betters. Uh, Hutton, other than basically tripping out of bed and cashing a bet, you know, you 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 were walked to the bathroom and, oh, here's another ticket cashed. Uh, what was some of the takeaways for you this last weekend in NCAA action? You know, luckily I stayed off of, uh, you know, the Penn State, thing as well because i was kind of enticed uh penn state plus six and a half too i was like that's a big spread but i was like maryland just looks too good so i thankfully stayed away um but this Rutgers ohio state game i think was interesting to me um i also i didn't bet on this game but i was leaning ohio state plus one and a half and so again i'm glad i didn't end up uh betting that but um i don't think justin's read was actually that far off i thought ohio state was going to have an advantage at the faceoff. And they didn't really, um, I thought, you know, their man up offense was going to be clicking. They didn't take a shot until their third man up opportunity. So like sometimes your read on games can kind of be solid, but the team just doesn't execute. I felt that same way about Stony Brook against Albany. You know, Stony Brook was supposed to have the advantage at the face off stripe and they got outworked by Albany. You know, sometimes it just depends. And, you know, sometimes like even the numbers could be pointing in the right direction and it just doesn't go their way. So, um, what I think is a takeaway from that is, you know, if it doesn't go your way 
we'll look for opportunities next week. And um, just a little teaser, like I kind of like Ohio State in this spot. I feel like if they would have made it more competitive, I think we could have seen a maybe larger spread than two and a half. And um, I like, you know, maybe backing them um, against this Penn State team who, you know, you could make the case for them. They got beat pretty bad by Maryland. But I think overall Ohio State's a better team than Penn State is. So I think that's where you can kind of look at, okay, did Ohio State deserve to lose 18-7 to to Rutgers? Probably not. So can I get an advantage, you know, in this uh, this weekend's matchup? And that's kind of my takeaway, I guess, from watching games and kind of, you know, even if a play doesn't go well, maybe use that to your advantage going into the next week. Completely agree. I, I mean, that's why one of the things I like doing, and I kind of fell off this season just because there's so many games and so many teams to keep track of in the NCAA, um, you know, Look at what the pregame spread is. I, I really like looking at what the market closed at, looking at what it opened at, and then using those to formulate an opinion. You know, have opinions on teams from what your eyes see, sure, and see how that differs from the market. Because especially in a market like lacrosse, um, that can be one of your best tools as well. I think a great point that you make, sure, maybe you end up losing a play, but just because you lost the play, don't say, oh, I'm never betting on this team again. You know, don't don't fall into those kind of betting not so great axioms where, you know, oh, I'm never betting on this team again. You got to look at the numbers more than these specific teams. I think a great point that Hutton brings up there. So what uh, let's get into some actionable info talking this week and huge game. I mean, maybe the, the biggest game in either of these schools histories, UNC taken on Duke in lacrosse. No, I know Coach K's last game, all that's good and well. Screw that, man. I'm talking lacrosse action. Although if you're a, a fan of Duke or UNC, you're going to have like an amazing Saturday. You know, you get to watch the lacrosse. You get on ready for the basketball game. I'll say as far as the basketball games, I'm taking the points with UNC. I, I actually saw them live last week. That game, that team is unreal. So there's a little uh, – there's a little added basketball play for you. Give me plus four and a half UNC. But we're talking on the field. Duke is a one and a half point favorite on the road against UNC. Now, I think we're all kind of looking at this game a little bit differently than each other. But two people who are looking the same way and they're both looking towards shocker. Hutton and Brian are talking totals. Uh, Brian, I'll give you first crack at this one, um, and then we'll uh, we'll get Hutton's thought on um, this total. Seems seems a bit high. Twenty seven and a half is what it's sitting at right now. I know there's firepower. There's Chris Gray. There's O'Connell. Um, that's a high number, Brian. Yeah, I, it is a high number, and particularly for two teams that have seen really high highs this season and really low lows. So I'm like. By leaning for the under as opposed to money line or the spread, uh, these two teams have just behaved so erratically. There's a lack of consistency from week to week at times, often for stretches of time. Even though we're getting closer to you know conference play when teams have to tighten up, I just feel like these teams have still yet to totally find their identity on the field, and that makes me just not really want to lean one way or the other because it's going to come down to who shows up. And when that's the only thing that's going to dictate basically either the spread or the, or the money line, because uh, the teams are so like kind of evenly talented, I, I look at the total, I see it's high. If one of the teams doesn't show up, which seems likely for either one of these teams, especially UNC, who has been having a rocky time on offense with a lot of unforced turnovers throughout the season, 
Uh, I, I see it more likely going under than over, but I don't want to pick a winner at all. Yeah, that's something. And I've watched this UNC team a lot. I love watching ACC play. And that's the one constant thread through the season. You know, you have a goalie who's been up and down when he's seeing it. It's awesome. Um, when he's not, shoo, that young defensive unit really leaves a lot to be desired. They're, they just haven't quite found that chemistry. Their, their, you know, spots on the field. The one common thread through the season has been passes going over people's heads, skip passes getting forced and slapped down. There just isn't much of an offensive flow to UNC, sure, but you could say the same about Duke. A lot of, you know, not really assisted goals, a lot of ball handlers trying to dodge their hands open. Um, So both of these teams that typically is a high-powered, really succinct offense, neither of them have really been that. I think Brian making a good case for the under there. Hutton, you have anything to even bolster that play looking towards that under 27 and a half? Yeah, I like the under as well. Um, and not just because, you know, it is the highest total of the week, but like these teams haven't gone over that total too often. And when they have, it's kind of been in blowout wins. Duke, they've only done it four times this season so far. They beat High Point by uh, four goals in that one. They beat Delaware by five. Um, and then they end up beating uh, Robert Morris, and then Denver as well. So Denver's the one where, you know, that's a competitive game, but the other ones were kind of out of hand and um, they just kind of poured it on. Um, and UNC, they've had even less. Two games have gone over that 27 and a half mark um, for them. And that was a loss to Ohio State where they just got the doors blown out uh, by them and a 17 to 16 thriller against Denver. So, um, you know, going off of that, that kind of leads me to believe that we're in for another under. And I just feel like in these rivalry games, um, you really see the de- defenses like step up, especially like ACC play. You know, I kind of echo what Brian and you guys are saying. I don't think these offenses are completely in sync. Um, and even if they do start figuring it out against each other, you know, come Saturday, I just don't see this total going over 27 and a half. Yeah, I, I think, again, some great points you're making there. Now, I think you guys might be talking me into this under. It's just, it's so atypical to be talking ACC action and really trying to find how these two teams are going to get to 28 points. I mean, this is, this is just a completely different conference this year. And I think just as a whole, you know, look at what's happened in the Notre Dame. It's just, this conference as a whole is really just kind of under exceeding those expectations. And it's, um, it's kind of surprising to see because this is always the marquee matchups, right Hutton? No, yeah, for sure. And, you know, to, to add a little bit of numbers, too, um, you know, these teams aren't really fast in pace. Duke's 51st, you know, out of, I think, 73 teams, and UNC is 45th. So even though we think of these teams as, you know, having high-powered weapons, um, they still like to slow it down. Um, defenses are both solid. You know, you got Adler and Cage for Duke you know, doing pretty well. Um, and then uh, on the flip side, Krieg as well, you know, for UNC. They've both been playing – decent so um i don't know i feel like if anyone's going to have a big game it's going to be one of those goaltenders um i just you know i just don't think this this game script is going to play i don't think these teams are going to want to get into a running gun i think they're going to want to dominate possession because that's what they like to do slow it down and be methodical with putting goals in the back of the net yeah and jb you're going to get final word on this one i just as i look at this game and I've just seen so much of UNC this year. I don't know if they've they've figured it out. So I don't have anything that I'm probably placing in this game. If I if I had to be forced to pick a play, I would probably go Duke money line. I wouldn't want to be laying one and a half with them because in the in the contested games they've had, um, you know, it, it's not like against 
top flight competition that they've been able to cover any number, you know, against Richmond. That's you could argue since Richmond is top 20, that's one of their best wins. Delaware, one of their best wins. Again, I, I think that UNC is probably a different level than even those two teams, even at the level that they're playing at in the subpar level. So I would lean Duke, but if I had a crystal ball and you could tell me that Krieg was going to be balling out in this game, I would flip my pick to the other side. I would take the one and a half. So I think while you and I might be attacking this game a little bit different, I don't think there's enough to make me want to bet on either of these teams. Is there anything in this game that you actually would take money out of your pocket and place on JB? Yeah. You know, I I was high on this UNC team coming into the season. They're one of two teams I had a future on, which is actually funny because I have a future on Duke as well. So I think this game is important not only to these teams, but the, the ACC conference as a whole. And I'm going with North Carolina plus one and a half. And I'm taking the, the sharp better approach, kind of fading the public, because we know a lot of money will probably end up getting on Duke as we uh, get closer to the weekend. But uh, I just I feel comfortable taking the dog. I guess a Duke team that just has a, left a lot to be desired. Like, I just don't know what we're getting week to week with the Blue Devils. And um, I think Chris Gray, from what I've seen the past two games, he's kind of getting back into old form, kind of building on your point, Dan, about them turning the ball over, kind of forcing things. They weren't really playing distinctly, but I think they're kind of getting there. And I also made a promise to myself to never bet against Colin Creek again every time I do. Me being a former goalie, I have tremendous pride in what he does and what all these guys do. And uh, he always plays lights out when I bet against him. So I made a promise I'll never do that again. Sometimes it is that simple. And for what it's worth, UNC is a home dog this week. UNC has seven wins on the year. Six of them came at home. So, you know, a live dog. Also, if if Duke doesn't lose last week outright, to Syracuse and I don't it, it, it didn't even seem as close as that final score was Duke still a one and a half point favorite even coming off a loss so if they win that game do we see two and a half here you know what, what what's the number you know I like playing that revisionist history if Duke wins that game you might be even getting a better number so you know I think I think a much stronger handicap that you have Justin on this game than you know, me kind of looking towards leaning Duke. Um, you know, I, I think that there there's enough to be excited about North Carolina getting one and a half in a competitive game that, you know, if you were going to play a side, that might be the better way to look um, than, you know, just leaning Duke and saying, oh, here, here comes the bounce back because we've been kind of waiting for that Duke bounce back all year, right, Justin? Literally every week you think they're going to at least explode or kind of take over it and show us what they what we know they're capable of. We see this roster, it's it's flooded with talent, top to bottom in every position. So there's no reason they shouldn't be playing well. And, of course, they have the, the arguably the best Cosmo cross coach in all time in Danowski. So, like, something's got to give with this Duke team, right? They uh, they have too much seniority as well. It's, it's surprising they're playing this way. But that's just the nature of the game and nature of the, the business of college cross right now. Everyone's pretty good and everyone's pretty solid at competing. And I think Duke's kind of – suffering because of that he's justin byers i'm dan alexander hutton jackson and brian andrews 
on the call here. It's another bet on the cross Twitter space. You want to be a part of the conversation. You can drop us a little request. We'll add you to speakers. We're going to hit our best bets. And then we're going to hear from one of those listeners. We're going to be talking with my guy, Tyler. We were actually supposed to face off guys in a lacrosse game. Uh, ended up getting canceled because of weather. It's been rescheduled. Tyler and I will see each other on the field uh, he with uh, Central Dolphin, me with the Governor Mifflin Mustangs. We're both looking forward to that. We're going to hear from Tyler in just a few moments. But it's actionable info time. Best bets here on the Bet on the Cross podcast for NCAA action this weekend. We haven't heard from him in a little bit, so we're going to throw it Brian Andrews' way. What are you looking at NCAA action this weekend? Brian Andrews with Pro Lacrosse Talk. I'm going off the beaten path a little bit, and I'm going to talk about Vermont and UMBC. And shocker, I'm going to talk about a total because the total for this game is 20 and a half, which is really abnormally low. We see 20 and a half a decent amount in the NLL, but in college, usually the low end of the totals are hanging around like 22 and a half, 23 and a half. So this one is particularly low when you look at these teams' schedules and games. Each team has like only a couple games where the total hasn't reached that threshold. Uh, and we know Vermont's a very talented team. Uh, UMBC has some pretty high-quality wins. We know that they can compete with teams. Um, but I like this total in particular for a couple of reasons that don't really depend on the quality of the teams. And it's because we know each of these teams can put up, you know, 11 goals. So you can have an 11-10 finish and it still be the, – the, the over still hits. But – you can also have a blowout of a game and it still hits. There's been plenty of 16 sixes this season and stuff like that. So if one team really just like folds, if UMBC folds and Vermont runs them over, if UMBC hits five goals, Vermont can get to that 15. They've shown that they can do that and the over can hit. So it's kind of a square pick. You have to lay a little bit of juice at minus 125, but there's little dependence on how the game has to go for that total to be reached unless both teams offenses just kind of all collapse somehow. So I feel like it's a very uh, safe play, kind of maybe a square play, but I don't know when we're going to see another 20.5 total in NCAA. So I feel like I should take it while it's available. Agreed. I I mean, we talk all the time about playing numbers, not teams. That's a great one right there. You just look at this Vermont team. They're past, what, four, five, uh, past four games other than the Dartmouth game. you know, they, they, they've been they've been scoring points. You know, they, they just scored 15, 14 the game before that, um, 10 and a loss, 16 and a win, 11 and a loss, 16 and a win against Penn State, 10 and a loss. Um, you know, the, the last time they scored under double-digit goals was against the number three team in the nation currently or, or, or at that point. That was Duke in a 15-7 to seven loss. So this Vermont team is holding up their end of the bargain. If UMBC can do the same – I definitely uh, probably going to be sprinkling a little bit riding on that with the total master himself. Brian Andrews looking at over 20 and a half in the Vermont UMBC game. I like it, Brian. So, um, so Hutton, we're going to throw it your way. Cause I think you got, you got a two pack. Cause I'm looking at our, our notes here. I feel like just plays just keep getting splattered onto the board we're, we're just going to wreck the bookies this weekend ncaa actionable info hutton jackson of action network what are your best bets of the weekend yeah so i'll start off with uh 
one of my best bets, and that is uh, I like Ohio State laying minus two and a half. Right now, the juice is minus 130, so not ideal there, but um, I'm still willing to lay that. Um, I just think, you know, if we had seen Ohio State make that last game respectable against Rutgers, we could have probably been looking at a three and a half, maybe, I don't want to say four and a half, but probably a three and a half here. So I think we're getting a goal. Um, I don't think Penn State's that good. Penn State showed that they can, you know, pull out some wins like against Yale and stuff, but I just don't see them bouncing back. And I, I like laying the two and a half with Ohio State. Um, now, if it does eventually move to three and a half there, I think I would stay away. But get the minus two and a half while you still can for the Buckeyes. That's a Friday game. Um, but uh, that's my best bet. And then I have an extra money opportunity as well, which one that I think you'll like, Dan. Um, I really like Utah minus one and a half uh, plus 115 against Air Force. Um, I think this Utah team is overall better. They flirted with being in the top 20, um, you know, and I, I think they have some more quality wins. Air Force isn't a bad team, um, but if you look at some common opponents, I mean, Utah just whooped up on Mercer. Now they were at home, but 23 to nine, where Air Force, they beat them 13 to 10. Um, now, again, Air Force had to travel down to Georgia to play Mercer, but um, I just think Utah is an overall better team. I think they can cover this minus one and a half, but if you're not juice adverse, you don't necessarily want the plus money play. You could also get them on the money line at minus 130 as well. And I think that's a you know safer bet if you feel like Utah is going to win. It just might be close and you don't want to lay the one and a half, take Utah on the money line minus 130. But I like them laying the one and a half at plus 115 for an extra money opportunity. Ooh, the EMO is coming back. If only I could hook my soundboard into here, get some music bumping in this Twitter space. I don't know. Maybe, maybe next the next Twitter update, or, or maybe if we upgraded all our accounts to like that Twitter blue thing and, and charged people, we could pump some sound into here. But uh, we would never do that to you. Free information right here on Bet on Lacrosse. Um, I thought we agreed, guys. We weren't going to even mention the name Penn State, um, so we could have just talked about Ohio State. There, no, I'm just messing with you, Hutton. Hutton looking towards OSU. And you don't have to talk me too much into back in the Utes. Been a team I loved in the underdog role, but I think them actually laying this week, um, even going on the road, I, I think that might be a spot worth looking towards as well. And at a nice plus 115 price, a decent take back if the Utes can get the two-goal win. Also with a little two-pack here for you is Justin Byers, a business writer with Front Office Sports. JB, what do you got for the folks, man? Yeah, we're we're doubling up again last week. We had some success last week with um with Hawkins and UMass. So we're we're kinda going with the same approach this week. And I see a similar line um here with Navy plus three and a half, which seeing it is really surprising considering the, the shipmen are six and three. And they, they've played some pretty good ball. They've had a, a strong road win over Johns Hopkins last week, which gives me faith in them on the road once again in Boston. And I'm looking at BU's schedule, and they only have one real significant win, and that's over UMass. Other than that, BU's kind of left me with a little bit more, like wanting to kind of see what they've got, and they just haven't really shown me much. But I know this Navy team is is talented. They're coached up well by Joe Amplo. I think they, uh, I think they even get a win. Like, it's, it's surprising to see them as an underdog in this situation, especially with the history this program has. But getting it at plus three and a half, I think that's a perfect spot. I'd even kind of take a gamble on the money line at plus 270 
it's worth a try. I had some success doing the same last week with UMass's outright win. So I wouldn't be surprised if Navy pulls this one out. And um, the second pick I've got is Penn. We've uh, we're taking a dive back in the Ivy League, which which has been very profitable for me this this season so far. Mostly because all the teams are even, so there's a ton of value. And I know I know Yale is coming off a huge win over Princeton, which Princeton's proven to be probably the best team in the Ivy League. But because it is so competitive, I don't see Yale winning back to back weeks in the conference against two good teams. That's why I'm pulling for Penn here on the money line at minus 125. I think it's just a, a good, safe, sound pick. I've seen Penn's schedule and the quality wins they have and the losses they've had are two, two, of, the, two of the best teams in the country. So if, if they're going to be going into this with a, uh, with a chip on their shoulder, I think they pulled this one out. I know Yale has their history. They've, they've gotten a recent national championship. They've got a great coach. They've always got great goaltending, but I think Penn is just the more athletic team, and I think they're going to get it done. So I'm rolling with Penn money line and Navy plus three and a half. Love it. Good breakdown there. Another little two-pack for you from Justin Byers. Um, for me, we were talking before the show in our just our pre-show meeting, and I just think this is a, a tough week. I think, you know, we did a good job scouring right there, finding some good plays, but as far as – you know, laying juice or, you know, laying points. I think it's a tough board this week. I just wasn't in love with it. And one of my favorite things to do when I don't love the board is, you know, if I don't love one play, why not try and find three plays that are going to hit? I love doing the little three-team parlay, getting the best true odds that you can get when betting parlays. So I threw together a little three-teamer. And uh, the teams I'm looking at, Cuse is flying high after a win over Duke where you look at the Irish, Notre Dame just needs to right the ship in the worst way. So give me Notre Dame over Cuse. I think Notre Dame get the win outright. They're laying two and a half. I'm going to stay away from that and just try and get them to win the game. Another team who I think could go on the road and get a big win is Georgetown. But laying three and a half, that doesn't work for me as they're going to altitude, taking on Denver a bit sketchy. So instead of laying and having them win by four, how about we just get them to win by one over a Denver team that's kind of been up, kind of been down. Georgetown is at a little bit more of a steady hand. I'm going to take Georgetown over Denver. And the one that really probably doesn't even need explanation, um, I'm taking Maryland. I'm taking Maryland over Michigan. I, I don't think I have to break that one down too much. I, I, uh, I faded Maryland to no avail last week. I'm not going to do it again. They are an over 1,100 money line favorite. So the odds maker saying, sure, you can bet this if you want to. They're probably going to win the game. I think all three of these teams get home. So give me Notre Dame money line over Cuse. Give me Georgetown money line over Denver. And give me Maryland money line over Michigan. Splice all those together. And it is a decent 105 that you have to lay on DraftKings. Just $10, 50 cents for you to uh, to get a $10 take back. I don't think that's too shabby with three teams I think can get the outright win, and I'm staying away from the juice there. So I'm going with the three-teamer parlay. We're actually going to be hearing from one of our listeners here in just a few moments, get his thoughts on the NCAA slate. Our guy Tyler joining the show once again. But uh, some other plays we got for you. Justin taking on uh, Navy plus three and a half. You got to lay 130 for that, but a solid play as well. 
taking Penn on the money line, minus 125. Brian Andrews going over 20 and a half. We're eating this week. Vermont UMBC over 20 and a half, minus 125 on that one. And Hutton with a two-pack as well with an EMO going Utah minus one and a half, plus 115. And he's also fading Penn State which I would have been a week earlier on fading Penn State, but we're taking Ohio State minus two and a half. That's Hutton's best bet. Let's welcome in one of our uh, loyal listeners and loyal joiners of the show as well. We got Tyler hopping in with his thoughts on this week's NCAA slate. What are you thinking? You eyeing anything in that Duke game, Tyler? You got a favorite play elsewhere in NCAA action? Welcome to the show. Thanks for listening. Great to talk to you, man. Yeah, what's going on, fellas? Glad to be back. Who would have thought that when I started listening and joining that, we would all just have so much in common between Hutton going into sales and you coaching a gov. I don't know, and you coach a governor Mifflin. That's just – that's crazy. But uh, small fun. world, man. We we love Super the lacrosse small. community. And the more that you get to know people, you're like, wait, you know who? Wait, you know what? So yeah, come in uh come into a field near you. It's gonna be me and Tyler, the J V squad squaring off. Um, I'm gonna make Tyler hate to say it if any of my GM boys are listening, but uh I'm making you guys minus three and a half, man. We've had a rough start <laughs> to the year on the J V side of things when we face off. But uh what's up, Tyler? What's going on? Uh, yeah, so uh, we'll see what happens. And it's a showdown of the century. I mean, talking about showdowns, North Carolina Duke, not really feeling anything. Man, that's a scary game for me. But I do have a little bit of a short list going. So I definitely do like that Ohio State minus two and a half after Penn State. As much as I like Penn State, you know, I got, you know, a friend of mine, Mark Sickler, midfielder for them. Very, very good. Sorry, Mark. I do like um, Ohio State minus two and a half. I'm kind of like – I think that Virginia might just roll Richmond. There's a high, high, high chance there. I like Virginia minus four and a half. Um, uh, I, I'm getting – might look at Army minus two and a half against Bucknell, but like in the history of their games, they played each other very tight. Um, I like um, Hobart. I mean, I know I thought I had a read on Hobart last week when they were they were minus, uh, minus on the spread, but now they're plus two and a half against St. Joe's. And as I'm looking here, eight of the last nine games of these two teams are one-goal games with, like, four of them, five of them being in overtime. So I'm definitely liking uh, Hobart plus the points. Um, and, Hudden, I'm sorry that we couldn't come through on Stony Brook minus two and a half. I feel like we were right. Stony Brook was wrong. They just didn't do what we said was going to happen. It's fine. We'll move right. on. You know, we, we had the right read. They just didn't follow through. So it's their fault, not ours. I think Albany just, you know, wanted it more of that game. Uh, again, goes back to, like like you said, I feel like decent read, just not the not the execution that we expected. And then the last one is kind of weird, but UMass Delaware, the under, because looking at their history, like a lot of the, like that total, that 25 points, you know, 24 and a half. Um, when they play each other close, I feel like it will be a close game. They tend to, they tend to go low. You know, nine six, nine eleven, eight nine, six nine, nine seven. The past couple scores, so I, I'm I'm liking that under potentially. I don't like unders often because, as we know, life's too short. But I am like potentially liking that under um, in that game. We'll see. Obviously, that's my short list for the week. But we'll see what makes the blog at the end. I I wish I would have included Army last week, so I might have to put them on this week just to redeem myself. But yeah, that's all I got. I'm glad to be back as always. Awesome, man. And where can people uh, find that blog? Just stay tuned to your uh, your Twitter timeline oh, there, yes. and that's uh, they can check it out. 
Yeah, you can follow us at Pickin' Winners um, on it. So it's not just lacrosse. You know, I am one of a team. Uh, we, they, um, the guys who started it started off doing UFC picks, and they have a show on YouTube. I plan to get a thing going on YouTube very shortly, but it's at Pickin' Winners um, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I'm sure if you w- went on my uh, timeline, you would uh, find tweets from us. But we do daily, daily basketball picks and all sorts of stuff. So I'm just kind of – bringing my lacrosse flavor to the betting world and trying to get it to a broader audience. But yeah, at Picket Winners, also Picket Winners on YouTube and PicketWinners.org. We got it everywhere, man. Awesome stuff, man. Well, appreciate you hopping in, Tyler. Best of luck this weekend and best of luck to the Rams as well. Moving forward, you and the Central Dolphin Rams. Appreciate you hopping in here, man. Want to remind anybody else listening in, if you want to be a part of the show, we're going to be opening it up after a little NLL talk for a little Q&A, and you can drop some of your favorite plays as well. You just hit that request speaker button, and we'll get you right in here. That's what it's all about. We met some folks going to be coaching against folks that we've met here. We found out that, you know, people got their phone tossed by professional athletes that have been on our Twitter space. So we've really had uh, a, a, a bevy of different guests join in here to the bet on lacrosse twitter space it's time for a little nll talk and man huge ups to our guys who have really been digging in and you know betting the nll has been tough this year that's why jb and i have kind of leaned back a little bit and um you know taking a little bit more of a backseat you know still enjoy the game still enjoy watching it but i just had been really hemorrhaging and not you know really being able to find spots but Hutton, Brian, sticking the oars in the water and keeping the boot, the boat moving forward. Our pro lacrosse bets a perfect three and zero again. Love saying it. Love it when you have a clean sweep. Bandits Thunderbirds first game over the twenty and a half. Swarm getting the one and a half versus Rock and the Roughnecks getting the one and a half versus Rush. So three and oh sweep for us. That's why I love riding with my guys here. Got a little bit of extra money in my pocket to help me lament some of my losses in the NCAA side of things. But Hutton, what were you seeing as you were watching some NLL last weekend? Obviously on the in the box itself, but obviously from the uh, the the betting aspect that we look at it here on the bet on the cross show. Well, first off, I mean, shout out to Panther City. Again, I, I didn't have the confidence in them this week, but they once again cover the spread and get the outright win. Uh, they're 5-0 and the past five games. If you had bet $100 on each Panther City game on the money line, you'd be up $745 right now. Um, so whatever they're doing down in uh, Panther City, down in Fort Worth, Texas, Coach Koleski's got them really ready to play. And they're now in a position to, you know, make the playoffs potentially I'm um, still on the outside looking in, but uh, it's very interesting. They start open the season at 15,000 um, to win. So I still don't think they're, you know, they're going to win. I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but uh, credit to them for really, you know, right in the ship. They looked like the worst team in the NLL, you know, five weeks ago, and they've really turned it around. They're continuing to roll the swarm as well. Our team that I'm going to talk about a little bit more. They've also been playing well. They got the outright win against Toronto, um, they're three and zero in the past week, three weeks, three and zero against the spread and straight up. So if you bet a hundred dollars on them the past three games, you'd be up four hundred and thirty-five dollars. So um, again, this is not me saying go put some money on Panther State, go put some money on Georgia. Just those are some teams that are doing really well despite the market kind of going against them. So um, yeah, overall though, it, it's been a, a very muddy 
uh, postseason push here for a lot of teams. The Swarm are right now in the fourth spot in the East, um, and we're going to get to some picks for this week. But um, I honestly think at plus 3,000, they're worth a futures bet. They're in a playoff spot right now, being the fourth team in the East. Even if they drop out of that spot into the wild card, they still actually might have a, a good shot. And the reason why is whoever ends up getting this wild card, whether it be the Wings, Firewolves, Swarm, you also have the Roughnecks and Panther City trying to fight for that spot. They would actually play in the west side of the bracket. And so far this season, the east is 7-3 and three against the west. The east has just been the stronger division, stronger competition there. Um, so if this team that gets the wild card is able to get past the Seals, they're going to have an easier road than having to go through the gauntlet of the East. So that's why I kind of like, I already have a future on uh, the Firewolves. They were plus 2,500 when I, I bet them. They're now down to plus 1,600, despite being outside uh, on the outside looking in currently. Um, and the Swarm being in that fourth spot, uh, you know, essentially that seventh spot, playoff spot of eight, they're plus 3,000. I think if I if I'm a better that wants to place a future, they're the ones I would go at. You could also look at the Wings plus two thousand. They're in the wild card spot right now. Mm-hmm. These three teams are playing each other. So if you have one of them, you know, I, I think I would wait a little bit on the Wings just because you want to make sure that they are going to make the playoffs before you place a future. But right now, the way the Swarm have been playing, the fact that they're in that seventh spot, it's tough for them right now to miss the playoffs barring a, a big derail from their season. So that's why at those long shot odds and the fact that they're already in a comfortable spot, I think they're, they're worth playing in the future. I don't know. Do you have similar thoughts, Brian? What are your kind of thoughts on this playoff uh, picture that's kind of taking shape? Yeah, I think it's even tightening up on, on the uh, Western division front where teams are starting to catch up to the Warriors. So I think anyone really on the bubble placing a future on them is kind of really risky right now. So I agree with your perspective about uh, waiting it out particularly because um, like the swarm still has to go through a, like an East coast gauntlet to maintain their spot. So even if they beat the rock again this weekend, they still have to play a really tough majority East coast uh, schedule to maintain that spot. So uh, really got to wait to see a little bit more from the swarm because they are on kind of a Cinderella run right now where uh, they're beating a lot of teams that they weren't expected to, uh, a lot of upsets, but they're like really fragile upsets. They're one goal wins frequently. They've only hold, held one team below 10 goals and it was the uh, Thunderbirds. So like they're, they're squeaking away with a lot of wins, but I think, I think uh, I need to wait to see until they give me some convincing wins uh, such that they would be able to make it through a really grueling playoff schedule. Yeah, no, I understand that. Um, I just think their value, you know, even if they, get a loss. I don't think it's going to, their odds are going to get longer, but I think they could get shorter. Uh, on the flip side, what are your kind of thoughts on maybe one of these favorites? You know, right now, I don't think there's really any value in the bandits. Uh, they were, you know, plus 900 to start the season. Now they're plus 150, which is like ridiculously close odds. You know, obviously they're the only team to clinch a playoff spot. So it's, it's warranted, but I don't think I would take a flyer on them at that number. Um, but what about, you know, maybe the seals, Thunderbirds or rock, you know, teams that are, one or two games away from getting into the playoffs, do you think any of their odds are worth putting a future on, or is it more just wait and see? And or would you rather, you know, maybe take that money and uh, you know just bet them through the playoffs? I'm I'm personally going to hold off and take that money to the playoffs. I think uh, the Thunderbirds have shown that they can beat basically everybody, 
and the only team above them and who just beat them twice in a row is the Bandits. I just think that there's like three levels right now, and it's the Bandits and then the Thunderbirds and then kind of not everybody else, like, but uh, the Thunderbirds and the Bandits are some of the teams that have shown that they can beat the person right immediately below them in the standings, the most even of the matchups uh, twice in a row. And so I, I have trouble betting against the Bandits to beat any of the teams right now. Uh, in a three-game series. So I don't see a lot of value even in a second-place or a third-place team uh, future right now. No, fair enough. I That's why I wanted to get your opinion because I don't really see any value either. You know, I, I think, you know, maybe the Toronto Rock, but, you know, they just lost to the Swarm. I, just no no team has been that dominant compared to the Bandits. Even the Seals, you know, being in the West, um, you know, I just kind of laid out that I think, you know, if they face the Firewolves, Firewolves already beat them. You know, it doesn't mean they're going to lose to them again, but they could also lose the Swarm. The Wings, I think, is going to be a tough game. Yeah, I, I, I don't know um, how I uh, how I feel about any other futures other than the Swarm. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to get your perspective because, you know, now's kind of the time to start looking at that if you do want to place a future, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to, you know, pull the trigger. Yeah, and I think, too, that it, when it gets this late in the year, um, <laughs> A- a- any true value that you're really going to get as 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 you really want with a futures ticket is probably going to be dried up because Hutton said it perfectly. Would you want to get on all the bandits now? Sure. You, you, you wanted to get on the bandits a couple weeks ago. You were still only getting around like plus 400 versus those nice plus 900 odds that you were getting. So I think that I'm kind of with Brian as far as take your money, keep it in your pocket. And if you like a team in the playoffs, Let's roll it over, you know, take them in the first round. They win, roll it on over to the next round. They win again, roll it on over. And then you're basically mechanically parlaying that and you're constantly gaining value on it. And if you lose, guess what? You're still losing that same amount that you were going to invest in a plus whatever you were getting future. And you may end up with actually more money in your bankroll. Sure, you may have to lay some juice to get there, but you're going to end up with a better plus 150 payout. You can get that on one game if the bandits end up going down, they're in a hole and they still end up winning. I, I just think there's better ways value wise to attack than place a future at now, though. I think in that same breath, Hutton did make some good cases for some of these teams that you can still get some of those longer odds. I think the NLL is still wide open, though. There definitely is those tiers of those teams that you guys were kind of breaking down there. So I, I think great points all around. Just me as a better, um, you know, unless it's mid season to early season, I tend to shy away from futures. I know some people play it different, but that's that's just always been the way that I've kind of, um, you know, I, I've, I've kind of attacked it personally, Hutton. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, yeah, and that's why, you know, like I really, even the, you know, the three teams I mentioned fighting for that wild card spot, I think the Wings could easily fall out and the Firewolves, even though I already have a future on them, they're not in a playoff spot right now. Um, I just think the, the Swarm, again, they they got a gauntlet and, you know, maybe uh doesn't look so good in the next couple of weeks. But uh, right now they're the one team that I don't think their value in the futures market is being reflected in where they are currently in a playoff position. But um Again, I agree with you guys, too, with, you know, some of these favorites. It's like it's just not worth it, you know, because you could put a favorite, you know, future on the Seals at plus 425. Not bad, but um, they could lose in the first round. You know, any of these teams could, and you're really not getting that much value where they're at right now. Um, they're not going to you know, gain much standing. They're not going to lose much standing. You know, you're, you're, you're kind of placing a dead ticket at that point. 
I, I think um, you, you, you know, you're, you're kind of taking the words out of my mouth on that aspect. Um, let's get into a little actionable info here for the NLL coming up this weekend. We got some favorite plays for you. For me, I'm going to hand the mic over. You just heard these guys waxing poetic. JB and I, we got you on the field. But when it comes to the box, I'm deferring to my guys, Brian and Hutton. I, I've just been formulaically – Oh, I only have to lay minus one and a half with the chaos. Oh, I mean the bandits. Yeah, I'm going to do that. That's kind of been my joke that's been running through the entire season. And it's not only been a good punchline, it's been a profitable endeavor. Both games with the bandits this weekend, now two and a half. I don't know if I have it in my heart to lay two and a half against my Philadelphia wings. So I'm, I'm probably staying away, but... I think some good cases to be made. So, Brian, I'm going to throw it right back your way. This is a play that both you and Hutton are kind of leaning towards. You're, you're kind of lining up on a couple different plays this weekend. As far as the totals go, we know you got to start with a total when we got Brian Andrews on here. What are you looking at as we're looking at some NLL actionable info? Uh, I agree with you, first of all, about being hesitant to put two and a half against the wings, especially with – uh, how good their – well, good revamped their offense looked against Rochester. But this will be the true, true test of the the of the trades that the Wings made to make their offense playoff ready. This will be the test. Um, so I'm saying I want to stay away from that game because I want to see what the Wings can, can do uh, because I think their left side is greatly improved. We saw uh, Corey Small and uh, Jackson – team up really well together, and Corey Small had a crazy game. So I want to see how that goes against uh, a defense like the Bandits, who have one of the two best defenses in the league, uh, before I really continue to judge the uh, the ability of the Wings to make a push for, for the playoffs. Um, but most teams are playing twice this weekend, and the Wings are no exception, and they play the Riptide second this weekend. And I love – Every time that these teams play, I love the over. It's 21 and a half right now at minus 125. Um, but the Riptide have only let up less than 12 goals in one game, and it was last week against the Firewolves. And it was really – I mean, the Firewolves kind of imploded in that game. Very abnormal for them. Um, I don't know. I, I can't say just because of one week the Riptide's defense has pulled it together. So uh, – I really expect the the Wings, especially with their new additions, to be able to score against this Riptide defense. And the Riptide, even though they let up a lot of goals, they can they can stay in games. They've lost 18, 17 games against some of the top teams in the league. They just can't pull out those wins generally. Uh, so I expect this to kind of be like a really high-flying, lot of transition game uh, with a high total. And I think 21 and a half is like criminally low for those two teams. So, Hutton, you're kind of looking towards this over as well. So, anything to add to that? Agree? And maybe what's some other plays that you're looking at in NLL action this weekend? Yeah, no, I, I agree with Brian. I like that over uh, 21 and a half, too. So, I, I'm tail on him. I mean, you know, like he said, I think this Wings offense, you know, felt good last week. Um, I think they're going to – you're playing a similar team in the, the Riptide in this second game. Um, I think, too, the – you know, while the the second games tend to, you know, of teams tend to go under, that's more when they're in consecutive matchups. These teams are have higher-powered offenses. Obviously, the Riptide, you look to the other side, Callum Crawford and Jeff Teat, a lot of firepower, even losing Tyson Gibson. So um, I like that play a lot as well. 
Um, another one that I think me and Brian are in agreements is, with is uh, Warriors on the money line um, against the Roughnecks. Uh, they're underdogs in this game, and although the Warriors, you know, were coming off a, I think a four-game losing streak before getting a win last week, um, I don't think they deserve to be underdogs, you know, against Calgary. Despite Calgary again is also playing well, and Calgary's at home, I just think you know this line is is backwards, and I like the Warriors on the money line plus one hundred five. Um, you know, if you like them at plus one and a half, you could get that at minus one sixty, but that's a lot of juice to lay. Um, I think you're better off, you know, just trying to get them straight up. I don't know. You got anything to add on that one, Brian? I agree with you that that line's completely backwards, especially after the Warriors just took down the Seals without Mitch Jones. Um, mm-hmm. Last week we were really on on Calgary's side because they were getting one and a half against the Rush. So for whatever reason, the books are really uh, – like backwards they're 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 favoring the team like below in the standings and i think that uh i think the warriors they they won beat the roughnecks in their last um matchup 11 10 uh, but i think the warriors have shown a little bit of improvement i've been saying all season uh i need them to show me that they can upset somebody before i believe that they're going to make one secure their spot in the three seed of the west um and now that they have i have a little bit more faith in them that i think that they can hold off their spot in the Roughnecks. And on top of that, they need to win this game to maintain, or the, at least they need to have a good weekend. And this game, if the Roughnecks beat them, the likelihood of them losing that third spot is really high. It, with, if not this weekend, then by next weekend. So I think underdogs plus 105 on the money line in a game where they have to win to really solidify and maintain their spot in a, in a clinch playoff position. I like that play a lot. No, I, I agree. And um, again, you know, I think Calgary is playing really well too. So I don't want to disservice them because I don't think they're a bad team. I think they're playing really well, but you know, seeing these teams match up, I just think, I don't know. I just think the Warriors are a better team and it's, it's almost comes down to the fact that the fact that they're, you know, underdogs in this game makes them more enticing um you know so i, I don't know I, and it su- sucks because again safe play take them plus one and a half it's minus 160 you know so that's that's just a lot of juice to lay on that mgm or DraftKings either way but um yeah I, I i agree with you on that play another one that i do like as well um just because you know i like the warriors in their first game but they had two games this weekend um they returned home and they're taking on the firewolves um I kind of like the Firewolves in this game. I think the Firewolves have their backs against the wall. I think they're a better team than the record kind of indicates. Um, again, I like a lot of these East teams against the West teams. They, I just think the East is stronger this year. Um, so I kind of like the Firewolves on the money line at minus 140. If you like laying points with them, you can get them at minus one and a half at plus 120. So you can get some plus money. Um, I just think, though, this Firewolves team, despite pulling off some upsets, um, they're favored in this game. I don't really know if I trust them to necessarily cover that. I, I just don't want to get into a one goal game where they end up winning, but not covering the spread. Um, so that's why I like, you know, laying the, a little bit more juice to back the firewalls on the money line. It's not my favorite play, but it's another play that I'm definitely um, going to put down uh, maybe a half unit on. How about that? That's why you stick around because you get a three pack two out of the three packs, double best bets. 
This is the chance if you want to hop in, give some of your favorite plays, maybe drop a question for the dais here. You can hit request to be a speaker. If we don't have a chance to get you in on this episode, just shoot us a DM. We'll be sure to get you in next week. Do a little recap before that. Remind people that the NLL plays for this weekend. Wings and Riptide over 21 and a half. Warriors money line at a plus 105 price. Also looking at the Firewolves on the money line is Hutton from Action Network. On the field, what we were looking at, a whole slew of plays. We're looking at Ohio State minus two and a half and Utah minus one and a half at a nice plus 115 price. Those are Hutton's best bets for this week. Brian, going with a shocker, a total, and we're going over in the Vermont UMBC game, over 20 and a half. A two-pack from our guy, Justin Byers from Front Office Sports, a business writer there. Check him out. Great follow on Twitter. Maybe even a better writer when you check out some of these articles he's dropping. And the news that he's breaking, he drops a little two-pack for you. Navy getting the three and a half points minus 130 on that one and pen money line minus 125 play. I went with a three pack of a parlay. I'm not a great parlay guy. I never really advocate it, but when you don't like the board, why not spray it with a machine gun? I'm taking Notre Dame against Cuse on the money line, Georgetown money line against Denver on the road and give me, it's going to be a tough one to get home. Maryland over Michigan, minus 105. That's the parlay on DraftKings. That's my best bet for the week. So those are all of our best bets. And now let's hear from one of our guys, one of our frequent listeners and frequent joiners here of the live edition of Bet on the Cross. Billy, what's up, my man? How we doing? Good, good. Thanks for for having me on again. Always great to join you guys. Um, I wanted to start out. Uh, I definitely like Hutton's Ohio State play. I think they have a you know a much stronger resume and should be able to cover. Uh, also, like Justin's UNC play, um, I'm actually leaning towards Duke's team this year, saying they might possibly be a little fraudulent. Um, and despite UNC's struggles, I think they're real solid. So uh, I'll take the dog with the points in that one with Justin. Um, also though, like Dan said, it's, it's a tough weekend, a uh, tough card this weekend. Um, I don't have a lot of firm bets yet. I've been leaning towards Denver plus three and a half against Georgetown. Uh, Denver is just a really good team. And I think that's a lot of points to give a very good team, but Georgetown's also good enough that they're kind of scaring me. So I'll have to look into that one more. And then, uh, my firm bet for this weekend is actually going against Justin is taking uh Yale plus one and a half. I think that uh, Penn is a head action there, JP. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate to go against uh, against Justin, but um, I think they're two pretty evenly matched teams. Although Penn does have really good athletes, like Justin was saying, uh, if you go on Lax reference, the cross reference, um, Penn is seventh in strength of record, and Yale's ninth, right behind them. Also, um, you know, I like the underdog in these tight Ivy games that tend to be close. And four of Penn's six games this year have been one-goal games. So I'm hoping to keep uh, riding with this trend that's paid off before with a, an Ivy underdog plus the points. I like it. A nice little, a nice little pack there. The shortlist for Billy C. Now, yeah, I uh, love that. JB, what are you thinking? A little head-to-head matchup. I will say, the Dais, as uh, as Billy was riding with UVA. 
I was bucking them with Maryland. We're one and zero going head to head with Billy C. So are we gonna are we are we gonna make it two and zero? JB, what are you thinking about this matchup? I mean, he, he makes a good case. You kind of said in your analysis too, Justin. It's a coin flip game. So um, you know him making the case for the other side of the coin, so to speak. No, that's that's great for our discussion. You know, it's good to have different opinions and different plays to kind of see where everyone's thinking and and everyone's approach. <clears throat> Going that route, you're able to kind of see uh, and learn also as a, as a better. So it's always good to, like, learn from your peers and from fellow betters. That's how you get better and, you know, it makes things more enjoyable, especially when you guys are either competing or, or getting wins together. So it's it's great for both the game and great for, for sports gambling as a community as well. But, no, I definitely agree. Like, this game, I, I feel like it's going to be a one-point game. So it can go either way. It You can – feel comfortable on either team and you never know you might be able to even get a middle there i wish um there were more live betting opportunities i think they'll they'll start to come here as things develop i know we've had a couple games here on DraftKings have live uh live betting but i think there'll be more spots more opportunities to even build more bets and, and kind of diversify your betting once we get live opportunities because this would be a great great game either both the side or the total to get live betting opportunity. So hopefully we might get one this weekend with this game. So we'll see. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, I definitely wish there was more live betting and also, you know, and this will come once there's more volume in the market, but more line movement um, to, to create those kind of middle opportunities. But yeah, I, I mean, I could see Penn winning. I don't hate the minus 125 money line. I mean, you're pen winning, don't hate them on minus one twenty money line, but uh, I would feel safer, you know, with Yale hoping they lose by one or win by whatever. So, I really the Poison Ivy League this year because I want to stay away. That's a great way to put it there, Hutton. The Poison <laughs> Ivy League. Hey, well, we'll see. Is Billy going to score on the runaway, or is the goalie, JB, going to stuff him and get the money line? <laughs> or do both the plays win? Who knows? That, that could be the best of all worlds is, you know, you get the, uh, the plus one and a half, you get the middle there, and, uh, and everybody comes home happy. Billy, man, appreciate it. I look forward to, uh, to the hundred-some character tweets as you masterfully get in there. <laughs> So, uh, so Billy, uh, always looking forward to it. Always looking forward to you hopping in too. Can't wait to see what makes your official plays for this weekend, and people can check it out on your on your Twitter timeline. Thanks, Billy. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Hopefully, uh, me and Justin both can cash those bets, and we can all cash those uh, UNC and Ohio State bets as well. Thanks, guys. No problem, man. Let's all do our best Hutton Jackson impression from last week and just be cashing like crazy. That's the hope. <laughs> Fingers crossed that we're all cashing. So I said that Billy was going to shut it down. We got a late addition. We got Habib checking in. Maybe as a question for the team, maybe some plays he has as well. And then we're going to close things down here on another successful live edition here of bet on lacrosse, the most ever requested show yet in bet on lacrosse live history with our third speaker hopping in here. Love that we're growing. Love everybody who's been checking in. That's what it is all about. We're all growing the game, and we get to talk a little sports betting while we're doing it. Habib, welcome to the show, brother. What's up? Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, everybody? Uh, Been consuming the bet on lacrosse stuff for a couple of months now, mainly through IG and YouTube. Uh, But I'm excited to be here on the live. 
not so much of a betting question, but I, you know, I think a lot of people noticed earlier, maybe a couple of weeks ago, a month or two ago back, the commissioner of the NLL stepped down and resigned. And then also, um, I'm, her name is escaping me at the moment, but whoever the vice commissioner was and would have been the interim. And I was just really wondering, I wanted to hear your guys' takes. Uh, I thought it was a strange timing. And I believe that both leagues, indoor and outdoor, are on the on an upward trajectory. So I just thought it was an interesting, like, you know, hopefully just a detour for the NLL. Um, and uh, then also, BetMGM, what is going on? Let's get in New York so I can start betting on these Bandits games. <laughs> I think, Hutton, this is, this is something that we've been barking at for a while. It's like, if you're offering sports betting, push push it through and get the lacrosse, you know, okay, get the stamp on it. I know that Justin's pretty up on this stuff, too, as a writer for FOS, you know, kind of being up on these regulations for these different states. So, I'm with Habib, man. Can we Can we get some betting in New York for these lacrosse teams, Hutton? For real, we got four New York teams, New York-based teams. I think that's the most in one state in the NLL. You got Rochester, Buffalo, Long Island, and Albany. Like, got to get New York betting. Yeah, I, I don't. We don't have a timeline, unfortunately, for you. But um, that's probably been like the biggest question everyone's been asking. I don't know why we haven't gotten it yet. But uh, that's yeah. okay. Um, I'm gonna keep tweeting. I'm just gonna keep my tweets coming. <laughs> that, no, that's what you got to do. Hubby. We literally fixed the PLL market there were there were inefficiencies where they were like listing totals by and they weren't accounting for like two point goals like we yeah. just pestered them and added them let's in go there. just apply the pressure <laughs> yeah change in the world to be the bet on the cross wave top of board we're doing it babe. uh actually also just to finish it out um mm-hmm. Given that the chaos, I still would love to hear your guys' takes about the whole commissioner situation. But uh, yeah, yeah. considering considering how hot the bandits are right now, and that half the team is basically playing for chaos, so we basically have an outdoor bandits team as well. Is Buffalo like basically the best lacrosse team in the world right now? Uh, <laughs> go go Bills, go Bandits! I'm out. Oh man, the mic drop on the way out, Hutton. So I'll let you address some of that stuff. Uh, most notably, probably the commissioner. You know, that's a story that you'd been following, um, that you, you'd been posting on as well. So I think, um, you know, you're you're pretty adept to speaking on that. I think a great question by Habib, and thanks for joining the space, man. Yeah, I I don't think it's a cause for concern at all. So um, from what I've talked to some people, his uh his contract was up. Um, anyway, the fiscal. The fiscal budget, I think, was due. So a lot of it was budgeting. That's why the timing. Obviously, the timing midseason seems weird, but they weren't. He wasn't going to be renewed. Um, and obviously, he took a job with Arizona Coyotes, so he had other opportunities show up. And so it was a little alarming the timing, but I don't think it was really a sign that the the league's in bad shape. Obviously, the league's adding Las Vegas next year as their fifteenth team. I think Team Sixteen is still on its way. And then you had Jessica Berman also leave um, for NWSL as the commissioner of that league. So that kind of seemed like, okay, what's going on here? But I don't think it's a cause for concern. People that I've talked to um, closer to the league than I am, because I'm not you know, super close, but they don't think it's a cause for concern. I think the biggest thing is just seeing who ends up being the commissioner. I, I think we can expect an announcement, hopefully in a month. I don't know. You know, I'm not really up on who they're looking at, but I think we can expect a probably an announcement in a month who will be the new commissioner and their biggest task is going to be renegotiating the collective bargaining agreement this summer, since the um, players association decided not to renew 
So that is the one kind of gray cloud hanging over the NLL's head. But in terms of the, the departures of both them, um, I don't think it's a huge cause for concern. They did some great work while they were here with the NLL. Commissioner Sakevich obviously really made the league more stable and has had steady expansion, which the league hasn't really seen. We've seen a lot of teams, um, you know, fold in a lot of previous tenures, and that never happened during his watch. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's any cause for concern. Um, and hopefully who they do bring in is ready to just get their hands dirty and get to work with the CBA. Cause that's really the only big thing that's looming this coming summer. He's Hutton Jackson with action network. Also joining our dais today was Brian Andrews pro lacrosse talk. And of course, Justin Byers with front office sports, a business writer there. Check him out. Check all those guys out. Drop them a follow. We're pretty good uh, getting back with you guys as well. We love the back and forth. We had a couple other folks requesting in to be a speaker. We don't have time to squeeze you in here. Already over an hour 15 that we've been going live. Our longest ever edition. Our most requested ever edition. You know what that means. We're going to be back week next week. Bigger and better than ever. And if you didn't get in, drop us a DM. You will get pushed to the top of the list for next week. Just didn't quite have enough time to squeeze everybody in here today. But that's our thoughts and our listeners' thoughts on the NLL and NCAA slate. Make sure you drop us a follow at Bet on Lacrosse at Pro Lacrosse Bets. Let us know who you're betting on this week. As always, best of luck. Appreciate everybody who's ridden with us, whether you were just popping by, whether you were requesting to speak. We hope to hear from even more of you in the coming weeks as we continue betting on lacrosse. Best of luck. Cash those tickets. And we'll talk to you next Wednesday with hopefully a little bit more cash in our pockets. For the guys, I'm Dan Alexander. Have a great betting weekend. (laughs) 